So, just about 7.35, and China's attracting worldwide attention today as the country's 19th Communist Party Congress kicks off. A lot of speculation surrounding President Xi Jinping's efforts to consolidate power. Some critics say that he's more of an emperor than president at this point, or threatens to become one. Professor Christopher Balding from HSBC Business School at Peking University is on the line to take us through what could unfold. Thank you very much for taking the time. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, every five years we see this event. It's uh, something like the democratic elections that we follow so keenly in, in other nations and in this country. But what's the atmosphere like in Beijing right now? Uh, the the um, uh, atmosphere is, is relatively tense. Uh, subways are on lockdown. Uh, everything is being shut down uh, for miles around. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's a relatively constrained atmosphere. What does that mean for the people at large in a country where you have delegates who are carefully chosen and and who gather together um, in large numbers, it must be said, but nothing like the numbers that exist in the country? Well, for instance, uh, they're they're deploying multiple levels of uh, security, um, for instance, even trains going into Beijing so that uh, you will have to go through not just, you know, one uh, through a metal screen or, for instance, if you're in Shanghai to get on a train, uh, you will actually have to go through multiple levels of security. Even getting on the subway right now in Beijing, um, there everyone has to go through multiple levels of security um, because they don't want any uh, security incidents. Um, for instance, uh, even in Shenzhen, um, if you're flying up to Beijing, uh, they actually seize all, uh, all umbrellas. Uh, dating back to the Umbrella Revolution mm. in Hong Kong. Uh, so things um, all throughout the country are, are very, very tight right now. So um must be a good time to be selling raincoats then, if, uh, if, uh, <laughs> if anyone is in need. But on a serious note, as well as physically restraining people or, or screening people, are we also seeing strengthened online censorship, for example, to, to, to restrict the spread of any dissenting voices at this time? Yes, absolutely. The, the, I just saw last night that the primary social media platform in, uh, in China, WeChat, uh, basically people are allowed to even change their profile pictures uh, for the next week wow. um, because of concern about what they might change their profile to. Um, all kinds of things are on uh, lockdown. I've heard, uh, I've heard from different people that basically uh, in many parts of China, um, the internet this week has just slowed to an absolute uh, absolute crawl. I can tell you my experience is very similar, that this week um, the internet is just, uh, it, it's almost like 56K dial-up. Um, it's, it's, it's that bad because there's simply concern about even the flow of ideas, not to mention people that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and, and that might be understandable, if not forgivable, if everybody was having the opportunity to vote this week. But considering this is about carefully selected delegates within a political bubble of sorts, why is there so much sensitivity? Is there a lot at stake in this particular gathering? Um, probably no more in some ways than, uh, than in previous gatherings, but... Uh, but uh, uh, President Xi has definitely shown much more concern about controlling all aspects of it. Um, even though this has been the Communist Party uh, uh, standard for, for many years, 
Um, I think even in, in more so than in previous years, there's a much heightened sensitivity towards any uncontrollable aspects, whether it's um, internet discussions, things like that. <clears throat> and I think what, uh, what, what is so interesting is there's this uh, undercurrent, there's this culture of how Chinese know that they're being watched and, and their discussions are being monitored. And so they adjust their discussions to use terms that it takes the censors a while to, uh, to, to figure out what they're saying. Um, a few years ago, um, one of some of the Chinese leaders, uh, their, their names were very similar in Chinese to the, uh, to the Chinese, to some Chinese words for Teletubbies. And so people began using Teletubby names to discuss Chinese leadership rather than the actual Chinese names of leaders. Mm. And so it took it took Chinese censors a a while to figure out that this is what people were talking about when they were talking about Teletubbies, for instance. So Chinese people know that their conversations are being monitored, and they adjust accordingly, and then the censors adjust accordingly, and then the Chinese people adjust accordingly. So it's this continual game of cat and mouse. Yeah, I mean, just one more point on the nature of this Congress. I've heard it said that even by those within China, not necessarily the strong dissenting voices, that they concede that the, the population is just too large, too diverse, too spread out to have the kind of democracy we see elsewhere. Um, obviously, the United States manages, uh, even if there's a lot of controversy around uh, the presidential election we saw there last time around. Uh, what would the feeling be there on the ground? Do, do you think that opinion is shared by by many people, is there any way to have any kind of gauge on that? I, I don't think there's any necess- any way to real have a real gauge on that um, because people will you know people will behind closed doors they will offer up opinions on on a variety of issues, um, but very very few people you know say anything to the degree of you know we we, we need democracy. Um, so um, I think for for the vast majority of people, that's simply uh, that's simply a bridge too far, for lack of a better term. My own my own personal feeling is that I think that uh, infantilizes um, uh, people who are who are very smart. You know that there's a lot of very smart people here, very responsible people here. So I, I think that line of thinking personally um, uh, essentially turns them into children that are, we're, we're assigning to them uh, childlike qualities that, that make them incapable of governing themselves. understand. Um, now, this week then, what we're likely to see, uh, the, the wide prediction that you'll see if you search Xi Jinping's name uh, in any major search engine is that he'll be pushing for a second term. But we could be looking for clues of a third term, right, depending on how developments progress, because this would be the time when uh, a successor would be named if if he wasn't planning to stay on for a third term. Yes, I think that that's absolutely, I think, uh, the widespread thinking. Um, and, and basically what we're looking for is whether or not there are uh, young technocrats that are assigned to major positions. Um, and when I say young... Um, in this instance, we're probably looking at uh, mid to mid to late 50s, um, maybe early, uh, maybe at the very early 60s. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the mandatory retirement age in China. Um, so basically, if we see um, a lot of the old guard remain in, in the, the primary key positions, especially on, on, on the Central Committee, um, that would seem to be an indication that there's nobody being groomed to essentially take over his uh, his position. He, he's not signaling who his heir apparent is. 
Um, so that's what we're looking for. But again, that there are Chinese politics to such a black box that you know we're, we're we remain open to surprises. Well, I do like that definition of young being um, mid to late fifties. I must say, um, but <laughs> what about this idea that Xi Jinping is about to make himself the most powerful Chinese leader? Since Mao Zedong, is that uh, hyperbole, or, or 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 do you see that possibly becoming the case? I think to a to a large degree that that it already is the, the the case on paper. But I think there's a I think there's a key point uh, to to recognize there. Um, he has uh, had his thought defined as as core. Um, he uh, the 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 thinking is that his. He is most likely going to be written into the Constitution, um, along with Mao and uh, Deng, kind of uh, officially cementing his place as, as one of the um, most powerful leaders um, in China um, in quite some time. But there's also, there's also a counterpoint to that, um, which I think uh, definitely has um, some validity, um, and that is that uh, all of this show of strength um, uh, demonstrating how powerful he is, um, is, is, is kind of revealing a type of underlying insecurity about his, uh, about his strength. You know, why do you go around telling people, very similar to like how Donald Trump does things, why do you go around telling people how powerful you are? Well, it's because there's a, there's a type of underlying insecurity there about your, uh, about your position. <clears throat> and so I think there's a, there's a, a strong argument to be made that um, that there maybe isn't as much confidence in in Xi, um, and I can only speak to you know the people I talk to, um, even very pro Beijing people, you know, um, not not necessarily directly criticizing Xi because that is a that is a bridge too far for many. Um, even very pro Beijing people express concerns about uh, about certain things that are going on. So yeah. I, I think a lot of this 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 chest thumping, for lack of a better term, needs to be also seen in in, in that in that light. How should we be looking at the next five years from an economic perspective? Uh, th that's such a huge factor for trade partners like ourselves, South Korea, uh, despite the uh, other political elements like THAAD retaliation and so on. Do we expect uh, anything dramatically different in terms of change direction? I, at, at this point, I think um, I, I would personally expect very little change going forward. Um, the primary issue is that uh, Xi seems to have laid out um, his primary focus on economic policy over, say, the past 12 to 18 months. Um, we've seen a large degree of centralization. Um, we've seen kind of a cracking down on private enterprise, um, of uh, foreign enterprises. Um, and so I think it would be somewhat surprising if there was any significant change in the direction of economic policy um, coming out of this, uh, coming out of this Congress. How should we, in the outside world, be looking at this? Uh, not just from an economic perspective, but uh, President Xi, the man, the man associated with the crackdown on corruption, the man associated now with trying to strengthen his grip on power, possibly by talking too loud uh, with the analysis you've already provided, um, but also the man who's overseen a crackdown on dissidents. We've not seen anything like the progress on, on the human rights front that many activists would like. At this point, um, 
it's perhaps a good time to get an assessment on what he's been like and what we can expect from him as a leader. I, I, I do think um, there there has been somewhat of a surprise as to how strong he has uh, become. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure that uh, that many saw uh, that coming. Um, I, I think there was there was understandable. Uh, skepticism about whether or not he would be a reformer that he was frequently sold as before he uh, before he assumed power. Um, but I don't think anyone has uh, believed that he would become the strong um, autocrat that he has become in office. Um, I, I don't think uh, also that uh, that we and most people would have expected the uh, rollback um, uh turning back of Chinese reforms that we've seen. Um, economically, um, socially, um, all of these different types of things that, that we've seen, um, the, the nationalism um, that we've seen coming out of China, I don't think most people would have uh, predicted that to the degree that we've, that we've seen it. And I think that is, has really been the hallmark of, of his uh, regime to date. Well, thank you very much, Professor Balding, for taking the time today. Thank you very much. Professor Christopher Balding from HSBC Business School at Peking University there. Could we also see this as as a chance to hear more on the North Korea front, which has been quite quiet of late, but some analysts have been expecting potential provocations from North Korea, something of a distraction. We've seen North Korea use prominent Chinese developments as a way of uh, drawing attention to itself in the past and possibly sending a message to Beijing. So that's something to watch closely as well. You can get involved in any of our discussions, Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.